0: Please join us every week for a new episode of Understanding the Human Condition with Dr. James Flowers. Dr. Flowers and his most admired mentors, respected colleagues, and VIP guests For more information about Jay Flowers Health Institute and its concierge services, go to jflowershealth.com or dial 713-783-6655 and be sure to mention this podcast.
1: Welcome to Understanding the Human Condition with our host, Dr. James Flowers.
0: I am so excited, Robin, about We have today. a really special guest. Yeah, one of my yes. favorite people in the world and someone I love dearly and certainly someone's very close to me and one of my best friends and mentors and
1: And she's funny she's just really funny (laughs)
0: you can't beat her humor (laughs) who is it
1: who is it candy finnegan
0: candy finnegan hey candy
1: hi
2: guys
0: hi I'm so grateful that that you agreed to do this, and thank you for being here. I know that that you are super busy, and yeah. you've got a hundred people calling. Uh, Bridget, we're on air. <laughs> Shut that hey, door, <laughs> unless you need her. <laughs> it's cute. I know that you have like a hundred people a day calling you for interventions. So yeah. thanks, thanks for for doing this. How are you? Well, you
3: know the old Zoom interventions are a little yeah.
2: strange. Yeah. Um,
3: I'm okay. I'm, I'm, you know, fighting the elements. I mean, my God, the weather out here right now is just bizarre and uh, a lot of fires and 121 degrees. And I mean, crazy, but I'm tired of uh, being in my house and I'm tired of wearing a mask, but I'm not going to give any of it up quite yet.
0: That's right. Um, I know. It's
3: been a scary time for all of us.
0: You know, I've been to Candy's. I've had the... the pleasure of being in candy's home many times i wish that she could pick up the computer it's the best gingerbread house i've ever been just makes me i walk in candy's house and go i'm home it's Mm -hmm. so warm and comforting and loving and her husband of 50 years mike finnegan lives with her and oh
3: yeah just for today though
0: (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah and and it is just so comfortable and that house is just full of love oh, and oh. every time you go to candy's house there is sitting out some treat something that either she's cooked or something that she's picked up but you don't go to her house and not have some little snack or something sitting out oh and and has the most amazing kitchen yeah don't
3: ask for dinner just ask for snacks
0: <laughs> i know <laughs> Well, we should probably read her bio. Probably start Just, with a little bit of bio. <laughs> we right? already
1: went off track.
0: <laughs> Why don't you read her bio?
1: Candy Finnegan is a professional interventionist, a certified master addiction counselor, a featured interventionist on AE's groundbreaking reality series Intervention, and she's a nationally recognized author, When Enough is Enough A Comprehensive Guide to Successful Intervention, which is a guide used by so many to conduct successful family interde- interventions. Candy is also very involved in the creation of the Musicians' Assistance Program, which is now part of Music Cares, which grants financial assistance for drug and alcohol treatment of musicians and those involved in this industry. So I was curious how the two of you, how did your journey start together? How did you meet? When did all this begin? Good
0: question, Candy. How did we meet? I remember.
3: We met on a Tuesday morning in 1997. On a rainy that is the, day.
0: that's the truth yeah yeah
3: in uh in Arizona yeah. I was bringing a client to a treatment center and he headed the evaluation program not as extensive as the Institute of flowers Institute but it was a conceptual idea and um I took um, I did an intervention and took a, a client there and after four days of his extensive evaluation, he called me and he goes, boy, are they going to be pissed. I said, <laughs> why? And he says, Cause she doesn't need treatment. This is not her problem. Yeah. So um, I think that it was so um, cutting edge at that time is that this particular treatment center had about 14 tracks <laughs> you yeah. could beat anxiety, depression, trauma, Holocaust survivor, I mean, you name it. And uh, um, so it it didn't do them well because Mm -hmm. um, James found so many other things that kind of came before maybe their drinking and drug use was not that, it was really much more medicine. Mm -hmm. And we sat down and started talking about pain management and we were off and running.
0: Off and running. Um, Aww,
3: because wow. I met several people that were experts, but I never, ever met anybody who understood it. You know, we have a lot of experts in our field.
2: Right.
3: Okay. And, um, but none of them really get to the core issue of uh, the psychological, the rebound pain. I'd never heard of any of those things until that Tuesday morning.
0: Thank you. And
3: um, we lost track, and then we gained track, and we lose track. And uh, he, um, I guess maybe we really reacquainted each other maybe five or six years ago mm-hmm. and it's been on, you know? Mm. I have to call him all the time, check on him and make sure that I'm doing something correct because I don't have a lot of people that have the same ethics that I do. And I have to call somebody who believes in this, I guess in this in this industry as much as I do and is long-term and uh, I, you know, I call him with gossip and I call him with hearsay and I call him with, because I just, it's in the last couple of years, it's been really difficult for me because, um, treatment isn't what it used to be. Yeah. And uh, when I got involved and, in, uh, 31 years ago, so I, I'm always sad and I always call him up and go, is this really happening? And he
0: goes, yep, it's happening. So
3: it's yeah. a, it's a whole different, um, I, it's a big money. When I got into this business, it was really to help people that were dying. There was, I mean, I guess there was a tiny bit of competition, but you know, you could call a clinician and go, you know, can you do this? Can you do that Will you do this? And there's none of that anymore. Mm -hmm. You're promised the world and you um, maybe get a block if you're lucky. Yeah.
0: The collegiate (laughs) part of it is just not there um it's it's missing these days hmm. and...
3: Um, and i I just have to trust people who believe the same way I do and of course, um Dr. Flowers has cypress uh Lakes mm-hmm. Lodge, launch and he has chema, which are both stellar and Thank I know you. when he's been involved in other treatment centers that they were stellar.
0: Thank you so much uh, that means a lot to me why don't you walk us through, I I want your idea, you and I talked over the weekend a little bit, and we talked about what the human, what what does it mean, the human condition? What's your idea of what the human condition is, Candy?
3: Well, there's a lot of different levels of human condition. I think we are conditioned, um, starting to grow up, and we're conditioned by our families, and, and, and until we grow older and wiser we follow those traditions as our conditioning and Mm -hmm. um i am not the woman i was raised i was raised in kansas to an oil family and um i loved my upbringing i'm tickled to death i got to be from the midwest and um but i don't have the same standards that my parents did because first of all it's 2020 not 1958 so um I honor the way I was raised with honesty and truth. And, um, of course, as Dr. Flowers can tell you, I I, um, I don't mess around and try to be nice. I just go right to the truth. And sometimes, you know, the truth will set you free. But first of all, it'll piss off. That's, That's right. my analogy. Um, but I don't have time to make nice all the time. And it's funny because on the show, everybody goes, you are so tough, and I think, please, <laughs> um, If I only get one shot at somebody, I gotta be honest with them. You That's know,
2: right. yeah.
3: So I think that we're conditioned in many forms. I watch families be conditioned to living with addicts. Yep. And um, I watch, you know, wives being conditioned to um, do as you know I'm told, not as I think. It's so I, I think all of us have different human conditions. Um, my main human condition at this point is, you know, um, people tell you they'll do something and they don't. And I guess word, respect. Um, and the truth is an intellectual ability to think out of a box. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we're conditioned if this is what's told to us, that's the way it is. James and I aren't like that. We're gonna search around and pick up the rock and make sure and and then if it is as told to us, then we will follow that. But um, I think that we have other things, we've been conditioned over the years to care about the patient um, where people really care about the money.
0: Yeah, uh, it's called authenticity, I think.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, being to be, be authentic, boy, you know, that's an odd word in this day and age.
0: Isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Talk about out of the box, being authentic.
1: I was curious about uh, you, in one of the, the interviews that you did, you were talking about, you called it bratism. since you were touching on the family situation.
2: Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: yes, love, love that subject, because where the child that's acting up gets all the attention, and then the good ones, you know, mm-hmm. are overlooked. That's right. Can we touch on that? And later? and I mean,
3: and it's on because the kid that's left behind, mm-hmm. the straight A student, the one that gets into Brown, the one that's never been in any trouble, um, they have more trauma than the addict. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And also because the only way you get attention if you have bradism is that it's a never ending. Doesn't it? Doesn't necessarily. Um, The addiction part of it is such a small part of it, but that's how you get the parents' attention. Yeah, Mm -hmm. We had um, a really interesting case that, oh, my God, this father's story of this girl was so tragic. I thought she was going to die any minute, and I went over there to do this intervention, and I took one look at her and went, well, she's high as a kite. What's the matter (laughs) with you people? I mean, she did have an actual... Sym- system, symptomatic disease uh-huh. but she worked it like crazy and so uh they didn't want to send her out of state cuz they you know had to change her diapers right literally
0: that's right
3: and um, i went over to her house when she got on the plane to come to dr flowers and i found 14 or 15 bags of cocaine. Yeah, That's why that she had a lot of these symptoms and she stayed up all night. She was, did not have insomnia.
2: So <laughs> I called not. James
3: right away. And I have to tell you, they said she'll never be independent. She said, we, we, just, we, we give her $5,000 a month. They bought her a communist mean, this kid has the wife of Riley and she now works on her own, has her own apartment. Um, Right. Is an outstanding citizen because I got her away from the addiction, which was her parents. <laughs> and they were so addicted to her. And I know they came down for family and they called me and said, so what if we don't think she's doing as well as you all do? Uh-huh. And I said, call me afterwards. And he was sobbing when he called. He said, "I lost my little girl, and she's now a woman." And I said, "Welcome to real life."
0: That's yeah. right. Yeah, that was a really fun case uh, to work on with Candy. You know, I got involved early on, pre-intervention, when she was working with the family, and of course, Candy did the intervention and found, I think, gosh, I think Candy called me and she said, well, I found 15 bags of cocaine and 15 bottles of this and three bottles of that. And, you know, no wonder she's not sleeping at night and Adderall and uh, Vyvanse and everything else under the sun. And she was so amassed with her mother and father and her mom and dad flew with her. I remember I picked them all up at the airport myself and they flew in and you know, uh, Candy was like, look, the parents, they're helicopter parents are going to come in. They're going to try to stay involved. I'll keep them as far away as I can. And and I remember, you know, she was absolutely helpless. And she had, knew how to do nothing in her life at all. About 85. Well,
3: except for store drugs. That's right. And behind the yeah. 7
0: Yeah. Lived in Beverly Hills, but bought drugs at Seven Eleven. And about 85 days into treatment, she was sitting, doing fantastic, and, and, her, and her mom said, you know, we'd like to have her on a budget. We really, you know, help her establish this budget, and we said we're working with her, and that's absolutely part of it before she discharges and what have you, and her primary therapist eventually sat down with her, and uh, and she said, so it's Friday afternoon, and what I want you to do over the weekend is think about your budget. What do you expect your mom and dad, and what do you think that you need to budget to live your life on a a monthly basis. And and let's talk about it on Monday morning. So she was so excited to go do her budget and she came hopping in on Monday morning and she said, I have my budget and I'm ready. And the therapist sat there and, you know, I really wish Candy had been sitting there. And and the therapist was sitting there and she said, I'm so proud of you for putting your budget together. What is it? How much do you think that you need a month to live? And this girl was uh, 21 years old, I believe. And uh she said, um, I I think I need fifty thousand a month to, to live on. And the therapist said, Are Sign you me kidding? up. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean a year? And she said, No no, I was thinking fifty thousand a month. Is that you think that's reasonable? <laughs> and she said, Let's call your mom and see what she thinks about that. And, and and they reduced it to she, when she left. Eventually, they she had her, she got a job. They negotiated. She had a job. She's working. She's doing fantastic. Her her parents are giving her twenty five hundred a month now, and, and two thousand.
3: Sure, by now it's down. It's
0: probably zero
3: it, um, because they bought her bought her a house and yeah. five cars and so you know. <laughs> but you you talk about human conditioning. Yeah. Now that child had been conditioned to be sick.
2: Yeah. And here's what mm-hmm.
3: happened. She went through three big, huge hospitals here that are teaching hospitals, universities. Mm-hmm. They couldn't find anything wrong with her.
0: Right. Nothing.
3: Technically. Nope. And so they kind of just dreamed up this.
0: Irritable bowel syndrome.
3: It was, yeah. I, and um, I, this is the second person that I've had this, you know, happen to that they kept this child sick. Mm-hmm. And it's the exact same diagnosis, but different different hospitals. And so I guess it's just the easier, softer way to diagnose that. And I mean, her dad said she can't get from the, you know, she can't fly because of this irritable bowel. And it, I mean, none of it
1: was true. Is it some sort of form of like Munchausen?
2: Munchausen's? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. We
3: we talked about that, but. they thought they were being really good parents. She kind of made up the thing that she was the sickly child. Uh-huh. They didn't make her sick. That's right. She um just realized that, you know, when something was wrong with her physically, she got more attention. Mm-hmm. They didn't want anything wrong with her mentally.
0: No, no. Not mm-hmm. no. They wanted the perfect daughter. And
3: really, um when I told them about the <coughs> drugs, they said well, she's so exhausted all the time, tired, and maybe this just gave her a little boost. And I said, no, you don't get a boost with cocaine.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> was she an it only child?
3: He, you know, was and an um, I don't even, I, we never really talked about her, her uh, dependence because she did anything she could to get attention.
0: She sure mm-hmm. did. No, I don't believe she, was she an only child? I don't remember that. I do She had a so.
3: lovely brother yes, she who did. was older. Mm-hmm. That's and right. her their parents bought a beautiful condos and they were on time. I mean, he was on the third floor and she was on the second. But he spent his whole existence um trying to take care of her too and reporting mm-hmm. back and it was exhausting. She had a sober companion with her for I don't know, what was it, three or four weeks before think, we did the intervention? That's right. And they were getting paid really well and they never, and I said, Did you go through all their drawers? And she goes, We don't go through people's drawers. And I said, I'll be right over.
0: Yeah, I'll be right <laughs> over. I, I go through the yeah. top
3: drawer. I go through all the drawers. So, uh, you uh, know where to look. That's yeah. Great. I mean, it's yeah. just like, and I thought, you know, this is highway rockery.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But
3: she had certainly been conditioned.
0: Yes, to she has.
3: Accelerate wow. this <laughs> and not get well because what was she going to do when she got well? If she had not been with with Dr. Flowers and away from these parents, Uh she would be exactly where she was five years ago.
0: That's right.
1: And that's got to be quite the tightrope to get them away from their child. I mean, how does that, how do you you tiptoe around that? How
3: do you. Well,
0: you don't tiptoe around it. You you absolutely (sighs) don't. Well, you just say. Yeah. Yeah, if I'm going to work with the daughter.
3: I'm a big believer of, uh, at least with. emotional and mental illness and with dependence um, no matter what it is you know um, any type of an addiction you can't be where you are that I'm a big believer you've got to get out of town well oh no we don't want him to go away and I said I don't care what you want
2: yeah.
3: you know you've been doing this long enough and haven't been successful It's time to grow up. Mm -hmm. It's either that or you've just heard your eulogy. That's the end Mm -hmm. talk that I give at an intervention. Grow up or you're going to have to love them to death. And, I mean, it's like this one woman that I did. Talk about human conditioning. And she said, you're not taking him away. If he's going to die, he's going to die in his own bedroom in my house.
0: Yeah. And I
3: said, well, it won't take long. mm hmm Oh, and yeah. she I got him to treatment and she went and picked him
0: up. Yeah. Absolutely. Because it was
3: hot. And it was Palm Springs.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he had to share a room. Right. Yeah. Uh
3: oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Exactly. And two other people. Yeah. You I, know, I had the pleasure of, of uh going to Candy's uh childhood home last year and, mm-hmm. in, in Kansas and it was an amazing trip and Candy invited me to speak with her um, uh, at a, at a, I was it a federal criminal judge?
3: defense attorneys and judges. In yeah. the Midwest.
0: It was amazing. And going back and driving through, uh, the city and seeing where candy grew up and what was that experience like? I mean, candy grew up, as she said, in an oil family and grew up with the Cessna family and all of this. And what was that like um, for you? Yeah.
3: Boeing beach Cessna and Lear. That's yeah. <laughs> Um, well, I've always gone back. I, I don't go back as often since uh, I, my parents died. But um, my, I, you know, as you well know, you met Toad. I mean, I'm still really close friends with people that I grew up with. And um, my my mother didn't understand alcoholism at all. She said she never knew one, but her brother died of cirrhosis.
2: Uh-huh. So, yeah, yeah.
3: So I promised her that I would not ever speak at a 12 step convention or I, I did launch my book there in a mm-hmm. darling little uh, bookstore. Um, I went back home because it just, no one was as shocked as my hometown that I wrote a book. <laughs> <laughs> I could barely get to school. Um, I went to a gross Catholic convent school, by the way. I heard so... some
0: <laughs> stories about that when also I'll have to tell one day. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but, um, I was very close with mother superior. Um, so it's that type of situation. Is that I think James was comfortable there because you you sit down at a table of friends, you know, mm-hmm. and they aren't strangers. Yeah. And um, um, amazing people showed up from different parts of, of Kansas to to <clears throat> I guess watch me perform. I don't know.
0: Absolutely, <clears throat> they, they did. We walked, we walked into this huge ballroom. By the way, where Candy had her wedding reception.
3: Yes, and oh my godfather owned this uh, hotel. 50,
0: 50 years earlier. And it was oh. this amazing, beautiful ballroom full of judges and attorneys. And, you know, we all know that Candy's on television all the time, but, you know, she walks into this ballroom and everybody turns around and these judges just ran up to her. I don't remember your nickname, but I think there was three or four nicknames. But I'm you'd sure. have thought the Queen of England walked into the ballroom, and it was just an amazing <clears throat> fun experience of watching that. And then you met your husband, your freshman year of college, at what's that plate behind you back there?
3: Oh, that's my j. Oh. please. <laughs> I went there to college and met my husband. How could it go wrong? That's right. Um, and the two pictures on either side are pictures that, uh, Christopher O'Shea and, and Felicia sent me of an artist in New Orleans that's a hawker, too. So once you're a day hawker, you're dead.
0: That's right. Uh, yeah.
3: Um, but, you know, it's like I they, My hometown doesn't know candy alcoholic or because I was always on my best behavior when I went home and um, my parents had no idea. I called them from treatment and they went, oh honey, that's not you, it's your husband. And I, because I'd been blaming him for years. Um, so I really honored and respected um, my mother's wishes. And so when I got asked to speak at this, um, I just thought, you know, I would love to come and share my story. I didn't go into great detail like I usually do because um, my family was very prominent. And uh, so I wasn't gonna start, you know, telling them how ignorant they were about alcoholism and addiction. But, um, you know, Kansas is backwards. It's in the right square in the middle of the United States. And there's one treatment center. Yeah. I guess they're opening another one in December and everybody goes there, not once, not twice, but four or five times. And, and it's, it's not very good treatment. And, mm-hmm. um, They don't do any follow-up with 12-step or anything. They just send you home and pat you on the panty. And um, so I didn't want to go and bash this. I always said if I had a lot of money, I'd buy a farm and put all these people to work, you know. yeah. These little addicts come and grow food and act like a human. Um, So I I loved going home. I love going home still. But um, it's a very different place than where I am at now. Yeah.
0: yeah, you know, you know and, and, and you went to college, and you met your husband, and your husband became a, a, a famous musician, and uh, you didn't really travel around the world with him. You stayed at home okay. raising your children.
3: Well, I didn't have kids for eight years, but you know what? Here's my analogy. If he would have been a brain surgeon, I wouldn't have gone to work with him.
0: There you go. Mm-hmm. Right.
3: I don't want to sit in a concert hall and hear the same thing over and over and over again. I love music, but I married a man that was gonna be an attorney and play for the Celtics. So somewhere it went wrong, you know. Exactly. I, I thought he'd outgrow it. Um <laughs> so it it um I I just really didn't enjoy the lifestyle, no. you know. And so I moved from Wichita, Kansas to Marin County above San Francisco in February of seventy.
0: Oh, i didn't wow. know my
3: astrological sign i've been married six weeks people were twirling and making you know dresses out of their bedspreads i thought it was the most bizarre place i've ever been of course <laughs> the county smelled like patchouli <laughs> patchouli is a real trigger for me <laughs> um and all i've done is smoke really bad weed that had no thc in it it was actually broke
0: oh no! so i had
3: a lot of things to learn but um I was never comfortable there. So it was like torture for me. I, when we got married, I had no idea we were moving by the way. (laughs) I I doubt I'd have married him. I always say, um, but you know, being married to somebody who loves their work and is good and highly respected is is a real joy. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you such a wonderful relationship with my kids because he was gone from April to October every year on tour. Yeah. and So, um, I was lucky enough to be a stay at home mom and uh so you know it all worked out as it was supposed to. Um but no, I'm we my my husband played with Crosby Stills and Nash for almost thirty years and when they were courting him to to come and play, we went to the forum, which is a huge place here, and everybody in the place knew this song that they were singing. I've never it was like teach the children i mean said so i said is there like a bouncing ball or something that's going up that everybody knows the words i you know
0: so you you weren't a sharon osborne oh no
3: <laughs> no i worked for them for five minutes Thank you <laughs> very much. um uh you know um, i it's i love the man not the job yeah, so it was right. it became very easy but I have wonderful friends in this business. And uh, because Mike was actively involved in recovery after I got sober, he got sober. And as the old story goes, if he can get sober, anybody can. So,
0: that's right.
3: so and he started mapping music care. So, you know, I got
0: involved in, in helping other people. And that's what kept me sober. Yeah, giving back. Absolutely. What what was it in your passion of recovery that brought you to being an interventionist and and to the success that you have? And I know you don't look at being an interventionist as success, but clearly your life, you've had your own successes in television and books and 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 intervention and, and people all over the country in the recovery field look up to you you and either I have, that
3: or that or the loaded ones
0: right that's true. how many
3: times have you heard some people i watched you i was so loaded well, i was
0: just gonna say candy and i have been in many airports all over the united states together and you can't walk through an airport without <laughs> somebody running up and grabbing her or and,
2: or, or screaming well,
0: at her yeah <laughs> and, and, and saying we were in um ohio together we were in ohio and we ate at a hot dog stand a hot dog cafe and the waitress that was waiting our on our serving us came over and this waitress had huge tears in her eye not kidding and i was like what's wrong and she looked at candy and she said you saved my life And Candy said, excuse me? Uh, I don't remember that. You
3: you you know, she still texts me. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And she looked at Candy and she said, I cannot believe you're sitting in this restaurant. And and you saved my life. I saw you on TV and I saw you doing an intervention and it was on me. And I got up off my sofa and went to treatment that day. And that's why I can stand here now. What brought you to that passion?
3: Um, It found me. Yeah. I didn't find it. I I didn't grow up thinking, ah, oh, I'll be an alcoholic. Ah, oh, go to work in that thing. Um, it found me, and it found me really through um the musician's assistance program. Yeah. Buddy yeah. Arnold was uh the uh, head of this nonprofit, and he just would say to me, Get in the car and go get this guy, he's on his, you and he's pooping and he's and I'd go, "On oh, I'm walking to in somebody's house <laughs> by myself. I don't even know him. Right. He'd go, don't do what I said, and so being able to gradually convince somebody without even an intervention that this was the greatest gift and and it was all being paid for and it was courtesy of him being a wonderful person and a musician, even though he was not functioning. That kind of started it. And then I met a bunch of really great addiction doctors in the old days, in the early 90s. And one of them was Dr. Bruce Heishever, who I'm friends with today. Yeah. And uh, he said, if we pay... For you to go down and get intervention training, it was the psychiatrist for the Dodgers, the the trainer for the Lakers, and something for the Angels, mm-hmm. and they had to go get this intervention training. And I didn't know anything about it. And they played golf all afternoon, and I sat and did the training. Of course. And it was with Firm Johnson, who was the creator of this process. Mm-hmm. And right. it was last. Um, there's the Johnson Institute in Minnesota, but this was the last personal one that he did. Yeah. And it was at Scripps. And I sat there mesmerized. I just thought, how do you get a whole family to I mean, this is such a secretive, you know, horrible terminal disease. How do you walk into somebody's house and say, tell me everything horrible they've ever done that you love? Um and that's really how it happened. Uh-huh. And at the end, oh, you had to be a doctor to go to it, be your uh-huh. PhD. And so he kept calling me Dr. Finnegan, which I, of course, didn't answer to. <laughs> and, uh, oh, that's me. Um, and at the end of it, he took a look at me and he said, I know you're not a doctor. And he said, you asked too many questions.
0: Oh, that's right. <laughs> and yeah. uh,
3: he said, you have a gift. And all yeah. I can ever say to you is you walk in to help a family, don't walk in there alone. You have somebody a lot more powerful than you to mm-hmm. guide you through this process so they trust you. Yeah. That was the that was the beginning of it. And there were only five or six women interventionists back then. Yeah. So of course they said, This is a man's job and I said, Eh-eh.
0: <laughs> So um
3: tell start.
0: There you are. And, you know, and, and she's an amazing interventionist has probably done many, many thousands and she didn't have to do it right. She was married to Mike Finnegan and a wonderful mother and wife and could stay home. And she did this out of a passion. And, and I
3: just, I I didn't do it as a job. I did it as my life work, just like that's how we became so close is that um, it's wonderful to be able to say to people, I'll do anything I can to help you. Yeah. I'll go hell and back with you, but I'm not going to hell with you. That's right. And I'm not going to let these people go with you either. That's right. So on a, it's, it's very different than it used to be.
0: Yeah, it sure is. God, we could keep going for hours. Yes, uh, forever. I know, because I can't wait to come out and see you. On a closing note give the audience your best advice on you have two amazing children, Bridget and Kelly is a, an amazing musician and, and following his father's footsteps, which is so cool. How do you attribute your, 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 uh, or I'm sorry, what would you, what advice would you give to people out in the world, uh, raising the two children that you've raised and being married to Mike for 50 plus years?
3: Um, Family comes first. I mean, it's like my kids as my kids were always aware. They weren't aware that we, when we were drunks, because my son was three and my daughter was six and a half, but it was norm to them. And then when I got sober, they were so upset because I was going to meetings and I wouldn't sit on the floor and color with them for four or five days. Um, So It's that type of situation where I was honest with my children about what they needed to know, not what they wanted to know. I had a 12 step meeting for women and children in my house for 11, so my kids could be around it. There were 12 kids that came pretty actively for about five and a half years. And out of those eight of them are now in recovery themselves. I just wanted to plant the seed, Um, trust, respect, and family i mean it's like i uh no matter what my kids came first Yeah. yeah. there have been yeah. situations now where i've had to go wait a minute i've got to go do this and then i'll be right back <laughs> but um um i'm not friends with my kids i'm their mother yeah and it's the highest level of uh of an honor that I could have, you know, my daughter, when she's, she, are you my best friend? And I go, no, I'm not, I'm uh. not going to go in. You have to have friends because you know, you, when you spend a lot of individual time with them, um, drunk or not, you know,
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: I, um, uh, yeah, I never let anybody babysit. Not because I didn't trust him because I didn't want to get caught. So, yeah. um, mm. and my kids are very aware My my issue. Well, know, my daughter's a detox nurse. Yep. And, uh, and neither one of my kids at this point in their lives um, are um, addicted to anything other than work and helping people and bringing joy with music. So that's right. It is one of my greatest accomplishments, Yeah. but they are the people they are because I let them fly. I let them soar. I am um, when they were 18, I said, get the hell out of Los Angeles. I mean, you know, being raised in a rock and roll world is not reality. No. And, um, they both. My son went to Vermont Academy, uh, to private boarding school, because I wasn't going to have him end up uh, getting into trouble. Because that's what that's what these little kind of rich kids did.
0: They're and, the
3: worst. The rat, and,
0: and you rat went is. To, and you went to Beverly Hills High School, and you didn't want him to walk through your footsteps, right?
3: Well, I went there as a drug and alcohol counselor, so I yeah. got very aware. I had a sober lunch program there for eight years, yeah. very aware of what they were doing behind their parents back mm. and I' wasn't gonna have
2: it yeah. wasn't, I
3: wasn't gonna have wasn't gonna have them have to fall prey to the environment instead of uh, being able to be their own best person Bridget went to KU and uh, she went to uh, Away, and of course, she thought it was insane. She goes, Why aren't these people leave locking their doors? I mean, they leave their keys in their car. I said, You get used to it, <laughs> that's right.
0: Exactly, <laughs> welcome that
3: is home. Not what we grew up here, shut the gate, lock the door, you know, exactly. Um, I've the family comes first, as you well know, because you're part of my family, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Candy, I love you so much. We have to you, unfortunately peace. go, but you are amazing. I I'm wish so I could give you a bit.
3: I'm so proud of everything you've accomplished. in We are full circle. We started doing an evaluation program and And now we we have the Flowers Institute, the J. Flowers Institute, and it's getting bigger and better. And I hope in the next couple of years, we'll be able to have a treatment or a wellness center where we can treat all these wonderful people that you're, we'll build. uh, I see that happening. That's long and lasting um, so that we can treat the whole person. Absolutely,
0: thank you. Thank you, Candy. Yeah, Thank you so much. Mm, I love you. And love you. you can thank reach you, us. Robin. Oh, Candy, You're one great. final question. Yeah. How do people reach. give us your website?
3: Oh, it's, no, wait, can you, it's candyfinnegan.com. <laughs>
0: oh. That was
2: easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's
3: F-I-N-N-I-G-A-N. Yeah. And, um, or at, uh, Candy at Intervention, um, Finnegan's, Finnegan's Intervention. It kind of sounds like Gilligan's Island. Um finnegan's interventioncom either one of those my website is
0: candy perfect and our website and is jflowershealth.com com. so yeah. go to both of those websites and find both of us and candy I'll tell you'll pick up the phone at well she'll pick up the phone at two o'clock in the morning because she hasn't gone to bed yet um, wow. but she pick the up the phone night, night, night. she's oh, the wife yeah. of a, a rock star so she'll go to she'll answer the phone at day and night though and and Thank you for your passion. Thanks for your love and friendship Thank to you. me. And I'll talk to you and hopefully see you in California soon.
3: Thanks, you guys. And good luck with this. You Bye. know, this is really important for people to hear because this is how we're communicating now. Social media.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And, you know, there's a million podcasts, but there aren't a million Jay no. right
0: oh. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Love you. Bye.